Hi everyone and welcome to episode 199 of the Mike White's podcast. This was originally going to be, is it time to sack Jesse Marsh? But it has now become, the question isn't whether it's the right decision, it's how it didn't happen ages ago. I'm Jack, as always, joined by Casey. How are we doing? I'm pretty good. Uh, I am. I was kind of speaking for you there, but have you <laughs> any? have you any qualms about the decision to sack Jesse Marsh? No, I do not, Kent. <laughs> yeah. um, no, like I, I, I don't want to be the person who's like you know, sack the manager, but we've been shit for a while. Two wins I, in seventeen. I think you can argue we there have been individual games, but that as a whole we have never not been shit under Jesse Marsh. <laughs> uh. Like I, what, I was just what, looking at what was it? What happened in his last win? Oh yeah, we went three one three one down to Bournemouth. Yeah, I mean, there's a load of that, and we will get into it because I, I was just looking at his record. In charge of Leeds, thirty seven games, eleven wins, ten draws, sixteen defeats. In but that is propped up by three wins in five cup games. Hmm. So it's actually eight wins in thirty two. That's twenty five percent win rate. In the Premier League, that's fucking shite. <laughs> the the funny thing is, like before, this isn't to to stand up for him or anything like that. Before this run of seventeen games and, and only two wins, <laughs> so that's a great sentence. <laughs> Just take that to to one side, because admittedly that is half a season, mm. but it was like nine in twenty. Yeah, which which isn't bad. It's not great, but it's not in, bad in the Premier League. When you consider where Leeds are, it's not a bad record at all. But this has been atrocious since yeah. then. But um, I mean, like you've said two two of his last seventeen in the league. We're winless in the last seven Premier League games. Like those seven, Spurs away. On paper, fair enough that you get beat, but you won the look two one up and three two up. With ten minutes left. Yeah. Can't do that. Man City at home, no worries. It's Man City. Newcastle away, good point. Didn't deserve it, but good point. <laughs> West Ham at home, two two when West Ham have been really poor and really out of sorts. That, and that was as many goals as West Ham had scored in the previous five games. Yeah. Villa away, a bit unlucky. We got beat, but we probably deserve, but we deserved a bit more. Brentford at home, although Brentford have been good, that's a winnable game, so a draw's disappointing. Forest away, must win game, lose, don't score. Three points from twenty one out of us. Mm. It's there's a lot of individual games that you can look at, but when the same thing happens over and over again, you have to look at it as being systemic. And that is where we are. I, I, I said this of the game yesterday, and as much as that goal yesterday is in isolation a mistake from Pascal Strauch and a mistake from Luke Ayling. But the Ayling mistake, especially, of just leaving your man five yards of space in the penalty area, we do it every week. Yeah, they Not all necessarily from in. set pieces, but it was... It's just what it's it was a slightly different version of what we normally do. Yeah, like I assume looking at that, that when that ball gets <laughs> swung in, they are told run back in 
no matter what. And if your man stands still on the edge of a box, you leave him because it keeps. I mean, that second half chance, Sam Surridge just stood in 10 yards of space. Like, when we give up chances, they're nearly always massive chances. And it's just, it's so. And, and, and that's it. That's the two chances they had yeah. in that game, really. That was it. They scored one and probably should have done better with another. Yeah. And like the bit of it that isn't his fault, again, specifically against Forrest. Sinistera misses two big chances. Nonto misses a big chance. That is not his fault. But pretty much everything else that we have complaints about is. And my number one thing, and it's something I've said about him over and over again, is he consistently makes changes that make us worse. There are exceptions. Wolves on the opening day. He brought click on. It gave us a bit of control in midfield. We got better. Bournemouth... As much as I think a lot of that was just down to Bournemouth shit in the bed completely, Sam Greenwood came on and he had a real impact on the game. But there's so many where every change makes us worse. Like, how the fuck he watched that game yesterday and decided, oh, I know what we need to do here. I need to take off Matt Rocker. Which was, so early, then... which was early for him coming off, because normally it's around the 70-minute mark. So it's, it was also seemed a bit early. For him yeah, to be coming up I mean, at that point. Yeah, because uh, he took him off. He took him off on fifty seven in fifty seventh minute. But like, we'd start. They had all it took in that half. That was a game where we were on top. We were a better side. And at halftime, Steve Cooper, who is a competent person, made he makes two changes. <laughs> right? Makes two relatively simple changes as well. It's not like he does anything massively out there. You know, he brings on Serge Aurier, brings on Jack Colback, sets up a bit deeper, and that's it. We are knackered. We created not... We had... What, Sinistera had one weak header on target. Yeah. That was our entire output in the second half. And, oh, well, that's not working. Well, we'd better change something then to, you know, let's see if we can change something up, make that happen. He brought Furpo on for Strauch, left-back for left-back. He brought McKenny on for Rocker, centre-mid for centre-mid. He brought Somerville on for Sinistera, winger for winger. He brought on Greenwood for Harrison, and they played in basically the same position. And he brought Ruttle on for Bamford and just switched who was playing at nine. He never once changed anything about the way we played. They're sitting deep. That's when you put people high and wide, you make the pitch big, they have to come out to you, it creates some space. And he just keeps doing the same thing over and over again. And that, that second half was one of the best arguments I've ever seen for sacking a manager. Because it was every change... Some of the changes he made just didn't do anything. And a couple of them actively made us worse. And he's done it several times. No, like, we just... Just fell away in that game from, from those changes in the second half. Um Say say what you will about Serge Aurier and how unsuccessful his time uh, with Spurs has been and, and at Forest now, but and by all accounts off the field, really arsehole, really an arsehole. <laughs> but he didn't really have much to do with against Nonto to the point where Nonto later switched over to the right, didn't he? Yeah. Um, well, they just doubled up on him and made it difficult because did you see that graphic going round? of our passing heat map. Mm. 
our only repeatable pass into the final third was us giving it to Nonto. So they just doubled up on him, and that was that. Yeah, the, the only other one you, you really ever saw was the long ball to Ailing, hmm. which typically didn't work out all that much either. Yeah. I I just it's it was really, really poor that and we were I I mean I was listening to the match ball last night when I got in. And uh I think it was Dan that was saying, I don't even think I really watched the second half. It was just on. Yeah. And I felt a bit like that, to be honest. It was really uh it was really but it's so weird because we are we're above relegation zone on goal difference now, I think. Yeah, by about three or four goals, if I remember rightly. Yeah, four four goals ahead of Everton. And that's what we have to remember is we had a good start. Mm. We had seven points from three, and it should have been nine. But for weirdly for Marsh, him refusing to make any changes against Southampton and it costing us two points. Because that was the game where we very specifically said, don't worry, I know how to handle a team playing in hot weather because I've managed in the MLS. And then he let them run out of steam, running them about in fucking 35 degree heat. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm just looking through now to be honest, to see how many times we've conceded in the first 20 minutes of games. It feels like it's more often than it actually is, but it's still like five games in the yeah. league. Um, and the, and the problem is when you're is when you're not taking chances like we are, you you've got to shore up the defense. And outside of that Spurs game, when at one point I looked and went, "Oh, Tyler Adams is actually dropping in as a third central defender when they've got the ball out wide. We yeah. should have been doing this all season." And they're not really noticing us ever do that again. Uh, no, I've not. We do it on the ball. But we don't we don't do it off the ball. Um, I mean, did you see the Bamford interview that was up? No. Uh, it went around all over Twitter. Basically, after the game, he was interviewed, and he went. They asked him how he felt first Premier League start back after all this time. And physically, I felt fine, but you know, it's a tough day. I was up against two centre backs, and in a situation like that, you need bodies to push forward and get beyond you. And he was basically saying how. This is what you need to do to play with a cent- with one up front, and we aren't doing any of it. No, that and <laughs> I quite like. I said to you before, I quite like the partnership that I've seen between like Nonto and Harrison out wide, and the, those two kind of switching occasionally. But for a team that doesn't play with much width, neither one of them gets the ball in central areas that often. Or gets past the striker. Um, you'd see times when I was trying to remember who it was against. It might have been against. It might have ended up being against Cardiff uh, in the replay. There's a point where he he sort of dribbled the ball back out of the penalty area, and turns to put a ball in, and it's Aronson that's in the box. Mm. There's there's no one has filled the gap where he's gone. Um. And I don't know if that's because we are playing wide players as tens, so they just naturally drift out that way, somewhere to where there's maybe a bit of space. Yeah, but it's... It, there's just there's there's very. I'm, I'm I'm genuinely trying to think of what aspects of this 
I can I can take any positives from it. I remember asking you at one point, like, who in our team does this system suit? And the answer seemed to be Tyler Adams. And we we've later learned because it was earlier in the season. It, I guess Rodrigo as well. Yeah, as you know, because if you but, but even then, like any team that's any good, he's not really in the game. Mm. Like Man City, we shuffled him out wide. Newcastle he barely had a touch. I know he, I know he still nearly got a goal in that. Spurs are a good side, but they weren't that day, and they were in a bit of a dodgy mm. run at the time. Like it, it's Ch- Chelsea played well. That was just a good straight up good performance, but they did also sack the manager pretty soon after that. Yeah, and and, and that's not not to take away from Rodrigo's performances because because he's having his best his best stint with us since he's got here. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was still a, a, a high pressing system. Based around a, you know, led by a striker who doesn't really press. Yeah, um, we've. Just, I suppose one of my first thoughts with this is, do you, do you think long term, winning at Anfield might have been a bad thing? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you might have got sacked if we'd have lost at Anfield, and we might well be in a better position now. Yeah, if the the daft thing is, if we, you know, if we'd have held on at all in that Spurs game, we'd have finished those three games before the World Cup with two wins and a draw or three straight wins. Mm. And you'd have thought, you know what, that's exactly what we needed for them because you've got Man City and Newcastle next, and you don't expect to get anything out of that. Um. The trade-off there, I suppose, is that we got a point that we weren't expecting against Newcastle. But after the Newcastle game, we, we had that run of fixtures where we spoke about we, we are playing a lot of teams that are that are in and around us, and we need to be getting nine or ten points off them from that run. And so far, we've got two yeah. out, of, like... out, of, out of a possible twelve. Like, there is a thing with him, but and I know that I have talked about this before, but this is sort of if it's, if I'm ever going to bring it up again, now is the time because I brought it up. Probably, I bet it was a bit around the Fulham game because the Fulham game when we got beat three two at home, I think that was the first time that we came on here, and I I I think that we both came down on the side of he should go, but I was pretty much like I think you've got to sack him now. I think you've just got to. He has had eight Premier League wins at least. And as much as, you know, we said when you said how it was at one point, you know, like seven wins from that, you know, he had a decent enough record at the start. But when Mm. you look at those wins, it was a 2-1 win against 20th place Norwich. 94th minute Joe Gellart winner. And yeah, we were the better side, but it's a bit of a look. You know, if you score that late, there's a bit of luck involved. 3-2 3-2 win against Wolves. They were 2-0 up and battering us until they went down to 10 men. And let's be right, it might well have not been a red card. No, it definitely was a red card. Yeah. Come at me, Wolves fans. 3-0 uh, win against Watford, who were shite. Good result. Deserved the win. Definitely wasn't a 3-0 game, though. I watched that game. It was pretty even. We just edged it. 
Final day of the season, 2-1 win to keep us up. It's one all and Brentford go down nine men. 2-1 uh, win v Wolves opening day. Better side, he made a good change. Fair enough. 3-0 win v Chelsea, also a good performance. Fair enough. 2-1 win at Liverpool, as good a performance as that was. On paper, you can't say we deserve to win that game. And then 4-3 win against Bournemouth. We were awful for an hour and shouldn't have, um, definitely shouldn't have won that game. You could argue five of his eight wins were lucky. <laughs> uh, now, don't get me wrong. You're really taken I, away from this man at this point. No, now, don't get me wrong. I am also aware that like, there are several games where we deserve to win and we didn't. And it probably it's, does even out. Strangely, those games are Chelsea, Liverpool, the 1 0 defeat to Arsenal. Those are the ones we deserve to win. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. The, the one little defeat to Arsenal was unlucky. I think we we're unlucky not to get something at Villa. We should have won against Southampton as much as it was Marsh's fault. We threw it away. Just on another day, you just win that game anyway. But I just there was not one point through his entire time that we've had him really, where I've been watching the football and thinking, yeah, I can see how this is going to work. Yeah, I mean, there's the, the one thing I'll give him credit for that I kind of look through is because his first game was the it was the one nil defeat to Leicester, wasn't it? We lost that, lost yeah. three nil to uh, Villa. His first two that games. Leicester game, that's another one. Like we deserve to win that game. We played mm. well that day. Um, after that, he pretty much won the for the rest of that season. He pretty much won the games. We should have won. After those initial two, the three games he loses then are against Man City, Arsenal and Chelsea. Yeah. So, and he kept us up and you've got to give him credit for that. Yeah. Because after that 4-0 defeat to Spurs, we were in free fall. Oh, like, absolutely. We, we were, you know, fresh off conceding 10 goals in two games. Sorry, 14 goals in three games. Sorry, yeah. 17 goals in four <laughs> games. And I'm not including the three-all draw. Just... Yeah, like that, that's one of them things. Like Me saying all this about Marge isn't saying that sacking Bielsa was wrong. No. Sacking Bielsa, I said, if we stay up, I will not slag off the decision to sack Bielsa. And we stayed up. So, okay. But there's, there's, so, there's so many more games this season where we should have got something from them and we didn't, and we didn't get anything. Or, you know, the Southampton and Spurs game are two games where we threw away five points. Mm. You know, it's there's just been too many of those. And, and you're looking at the run of fixtures we have coming up where once we have played Everton and Southampton, the games are then mixed, so you're not getting much of a run against teams you'd expect to get points from. Um, and we just, we just need some consistency at this point. But, but you know, we've we've just, I, I, I couldn't tell you what we're trying to do anymore. I remember trying to explain the theory behind it to my mum while we were watching. I was like, the, the idea is that obviously you, you pack a small area of the pitch, create chaos, goal. Yeah. No tactic, vibes. <laughs> like, 
I'm like, I'm sure if you have technical players the caliber that Man City have um, through their dodgy financial dealings. Um, it's weird because try, at trying thing, to overshadow our big news. That's barely registered in my head today. That. Yeah, trying to <laughs> overshadow us. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you've got players that, with the technical ability of De Bruyne, then yeah, you probably can come out of situations where the central areas are a bit more confined. But then again, why would you bother when you can put Riyad Mahrez and Jack Grealish out wide or Phil Foden or any number of fantastic quality players? Oh, the, the for really example. annoying thing is, after years and years of us, and admittedly this is from before Bielsa as well, going, Christ, I'd kill for us to have some good wingers. Look at the quality of wide players we have. Like Sinistera, Harris, Harrison, Somerville, Nonto, Aronson, like he's out of form, but I'll still put him on that list. Like we've got some genuine quality to play out wide. Fucking play them there. <laughs> Jack Harrison yeah. is a great left winger. <laughs> I was going to say, you're there talking about De Bruyne and everything. I was going to say, oh, if you're in, say, the Austrian league and you've got five, six, seven times the budget. <laughs> That everyone else has got. And you've got Erling Haaland up front. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I couldn't tell you how. Why did we sign all these wide players? Because they are wide players. Sinister is a wide player. Like, yeah. why didn't we sell Jack Harrison? Because he's a wide player. And, <laughs> and if you're not going to play him out wide, Sell him. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't thing sell I him gonna... for God's sake, but if that's what you're going to do. Yeah. One other thing I was going to ask you is, right, even though we've sacked him and I think it's the right decision, I am still pissed off. Because why didn't we do it in November? Yeah. Why didn't we do it either after the Fulham game? Well, after the Fulham game, because they couldn't really... I can understand why they couldn't do it in the World Cup break, even though that made sense and I would have been fine with it. Because we just had two wins and the defeat at Spurs. But, like, I mean, it's Simon Grayson all over again. You get to the end of the transfer window and then you sack him. Why? The difference being, of course, that we didn't buy anyone for Simon Grayson. And we have bought people for Marsh. Western McKenney must be thinking, like, what did I, what have I done? We have never backed a manager more in the January transfer window and five days after it's shut. <laughs> gone. <laughs> Rene Malic, also gone. Katoshak, gone. The uh, other I think one. Basi basically everyone who isn't Chris Armas. Gone. My God, By that way, man's going to lead us into Manchester. <laughs> Chris Armas, who, like, no one who's ever... No club he's ever worked at, do you hear something positive from their fan base? He's about to be in charge of us at Old Trafford. Ah, uh, but it's the was ideal... there last year. It's the ideal game for him to get his revenge. <laughs> no, that is true. Just walking down the touchline at the end of the game, looking at their fans, just going, like, yeah, have that. Yeah, as a sorry as if a... you were sorry if you you're only listening by audio, that was the uh the friends, uh, I was going to call it the double fisting. Yeah. Um, I don't know yeah, how to refer it to it. No. It's what Monica and Ross do to each other. They're yeah, made but, up swearing. 
Yeah, you are right. I mean, as Dietrich said to us on Twitter, um, he knows the opposition club. Uh, so um he'll be telling us yeah. he'll be telling us to get at Paul Pogba he's, he's soft. Yeah, he's gone. Oh why, oh why. Um so who's next? Well um going to back to the running joke of, of olden days, you've got Zola, Kirbishley. Mick McCarthy, oh no, Mick McCarthy's actually got a job. Um, uh, I want to say one thing that I'm very impressed by our fan base for. Hmm. I have not seen one person say Big Sam. Did Big Sam retire? I mean, Steve, probably... Steve Bruce. Still, did. still, doesn't matter. <laughs> I expected to see one person on Twitter saying give it Big Sam till the end of the season, and I didn't. Uh, uh, new, new incumbent Neil Warnock. One last challenge. Um, By the no, way, we, we have got a hell of a reach here with P. Diddy getting in charge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've reached a point of no return and he had to go. I agree, Mr. Puff, sir. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Sean. <laughs> That's his uh, name, isn't it? Sean Coombs. I can't yeah. remember his name. Um, so I've, I've got the Paddy Power odds here. I'll go in reverse order of the, the top six. Uh, 10 to 1, Rafa Benitez. Uh, 17-2, Ralph Hassenhutl. Uh, really no thanks. <laughs> uh, 15-2, Ange Postacoglu. I would have him, but I don't think there's any way he does that now. If it was the end of the season, he might. Also, a uh, friend of the podcast, Little Danny, got in touch to remind me that I think Harry Kuehl's on his backroom staff. Oh, Christ. Which uh, might be an issue. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, six to one, Marcelo Bielsa, because everyone loves a comeback story. And what could possibly go wrong mm. with him inheriting a squad that has lost a number of his players and are not as fit as they were? <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what, he'll do a great job with the 21s till the end of the season. Mm. Um, five to one, Rizio Pochettino, if only. <laughs> yeah, um, that would be a fantastic appointment, but there's no way that's happening. And uh, five to four, your favourite is Carlos Corberan. Yeah, for what it's worth, other places have been also a little bit, quite a bit shorter than that. But I think that that's just because it's Leeds. He, he, all the reasons why it would have been a bad idea for Everton to hire him go for us as well. <laughs> just, just to pick up, just to pick out a few uh, random ones that have been thrown in here. Uh, Sammy Lee, fifty to one. Paul Heckingbottom, thirty-three to one. Rud van Nistelrooy, 25 to 1. Kieran Richardson, 50 to 1. Is he is he a manager? Has he managed someone? Simon Grayson's 40 to 1, by the way. Uh yeah, I have no idea why Kieran Richardson's in there. I, I mean, it is better than some other times that bookies have done that market where they've just copy and pasted an old one to make it quicker and they've accidentally included like Hugo Ahog. <laughs> Uh, sorry, and clearly someone must have asked the question. Kira Richardson is 38, and as best I can tell, is not even coaching someone, let alone managing. Does Kira um, Richardson put a bet on himself? I don't know, maybe. Um, Ali Zane, Frank Hayes from Lawrence would be an interesting option. I don't watch enough French football to comment, but I do know that they're like third or fourth in Ligue 1, so I wouldn't leave if I was him. Uh, and 
Mr. Coombs is back, saying Vincent Company. Another one who has been doing a great job, but he isn't leaving either in the situation they're in. I can't see it. No, the, the interesting si- sort of sign to, to Corbyn, um, as well as his obvious history with us, Wait, is... wait, you have to say it properly, Casey. He knows the club. He does know the club, yeah. <laughs> Carlos Corbyn's Leeds United. Yeah. Um, but the... I think the issue for West Brom will be if they don't go up this season, I think financially they might be in ruin next year. Um, Because he's, he's properly turned them around since, since he arrived after his uh, brief sojourn to, to Greece. Yeah. I was, Uh, uh, I was looking because I wasn't sure what sort of deal Corbrand signed, but it was a two and a half year deal that he signed hmm. at, uh, at West Brom. So it will cost a little bit to break it, you'd think. But by Premier League standards, not very much. Yeah. I, there's, um, oh, Carlos Cobran has now got evens here. Yeah, um, um, live updates for you there. I, it's, I, it's, honestly, it's honestly quite a depressing list to look through. And th- th- I'm sure there are managers on the continent that would be quite interesting choices. I can't say to know enough about them. No, uh, I mean... 20 to 1 in the Skybet list that I've got up. You've got Kettle Nutson, who, from every time I have watched uh, Glimpse play, is one that I would be interested in having. And uh, one that's out of work is Maceo Gallardo, who just who won fucking everything with River mm. and then just said, I'm done and stopped and resigned. Um, they're both people that I would have. But the thing with Corbran is. He's been in, I know it's not the Premier League, but he has been in English football. He's had two jobs in English football. He's done well in both of them. He obviously did well with our 23s at the time. He he wouldn't be number one on my list, but if we got him, I'm, I think that that's a... It's certainly a, an appointment that I can look at and think, okay, I can see and understand the logic of this appointment. You say he's not number one on your list, but... I I'd honestly look around and just think I'd, I'd... there's there's not a lot else that fills me with any confidence. No, he'd, he'd probably be like third off. He'd probably like third off off. But I like one of the ones that's above him. I don't. Well, a couple, at least two of the ones I've got above him in the list. I don't think we could get anyway. Is one of them Graham Potter? No, but I do wish that Chelsea had lost a couple of more games in this amount of time. Yeah, see, I was kind of see if he, he panicked and sacked him. He got sacked mid-January and just thought, right, sack him, sack him now. Um, yeah, I, in terms of playing style, I, I'm I'm on board with it. Mm. You know, it's it's it has width. Yeah. It uses the wings. <laughs> um, it's already a big check for him. Um, but there the really isn't much else I can get on board with in terms of available managers anyway you you, you know Steven Gerrard no by um, the way I will just say I said this last time when we talked about sacking him after the Fulham game it is well documented and on the record that Victor Arter likes Steven Gerrard I'm not mm. saying I don't particularly want it to happen but I'm, I will say it with him the same thing I've said the whole time I would not rule that out yeah I mean, on the on the same as the Pochettino list is is Tuchel. 
in that I just don't think we could get him. Uh, yeah. Uh, I haven't watched uh, Ian Everett from Bolton, another one from I am aware he's doing it, that he's been doing a good job. And he got a, was it the Barrow job where he had a really good rep from? Hmm. I haven't watched enough to comment, to be honest. I think that's a, that's a big step up in one go. Yeah. No, knows the league very briefly yeah. as a player, I believe. Yeah, that that's one that I, I it wouldn't be fair for me to comment on. Um, the dream the team there is you want Ian Everett and Rufus Brevett. That's that's what you want. I'm just going to be the true the true football hipster and say whatever the guy at Notts County is, because I keep seeing a different viral goal of theirs go through every week on Twitter playing amazing football. I haven't even looked into it enough to know what his name is. No. Uh, Johnny Woodgate. Where's he, he now? <laughs> um, is he, is he is managing he... again? Um, to... Is he... He's back at Bournemouth, isn't he? Is he at Bournemouth? Or is he... Was it Borough? Or is he back coaching at Borough? Because I, I, I think he went back to being a first team coach somewhere, didn't he? But I can't remember. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't be. He certainly wouldn't be the one I'd be going for anyway. Alan Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move it on from, uh, um, from signing him every transfer window to yeah, hiring uh, him. Another one that was that came up last time, and I don't think he's got a job since. Peter Bosch is out of work, uh, and he was one of the ones that we were talking about last time. Uh, yeah, it's, I, th- I think that we'll get. I think it's with Carrick, so that's Middlesbrough, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah, and of course, if you really, 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 really want to watch the world burn and me to potentially run into traffic, you could always give it Lampard. <laughs> no, I'm saying this. I'd rather be relegated. Yeah. Down. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd yeah I don't I, want I, that, man. It's very rare that that happens, but yeah, I think that I agree with you on that. Uh, uh, also, all right, how about the Chief? He's in town next week. Hey, look, you know what, just put him for, in charge. For the, the... If we're going to go with vibes, <laughs> that is a vibes appointment. I'd say it will be the nicest team in the league. Get him till the end of Which the season. Which is probably not what we need now. Stay up on morale alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we will probably if, if something breaks. I doubt that we'll do another one tomorrow if it happens, but we may jump on another very short notice pod if something breaks very quickly. But as it is, thirty-five minutes in, we could probably keep talking in circles about it. But basically, I'll give one last thing. How do you um? Sum up Jesse Marsh's time at Legion United. Narrow. I was just going to go with shite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, I am thankful for him keeping us up, and I think he's a nice guy. So I, I hope, I hope after the last couple of manage, managerial jobs he's had, he finds something that works for him. Yeah. He's been a nice guy. Think, I don't I, think it will because I think tactically it's greatly flawed. But I hope he's happy. USA sacked Berhalter yet? God, again, a team with some really good wingers. 
don't give it to him. What I would say is, you know, because he's all vibes, no tactic, and all motivational speaking and doing a TED talk, basically, rather than, you know, anything about football. Hmm. If you're going to do that as a manager, I think international management is probably the best place to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, I think we'll see that relatively in the next couple of years. Um, so we may as well, even though it's sort of hard tell, to think I, about. I'll tell you what we don't. I'll tell you what we can't really do is predict how they're going to line up. Because we uh, don't. Well, they haven't said Armas is going to be in charge, have they? Just. But he is the only one left. Well, basically, everyone else is gone. Can we get Mark Jackson back? Oh, um, I don't think Scoobs has been sacked. Oh, God. Okay. We're going to um, have Scoobs. By the way, I did see uh, Max Dean scored for McDonald's the other day. Yeah, I did. Can we have Mark Jackson back on loan for a yeah. game? <laughs> <laughs> like, just till the new guy's ready. <laughs> yeah. So, we um, play Manchester United, who... After several years of trying really hard not to be, they are now good. Look what happens when they hire an actual good coach. Um, what is it? They've won something like 12 home games in a row? Yeah, they're quite good. They've, they've won a lot. I'm going to work under the assumption that it's Chris Armas, who luckily mm. is Jesse Marsh. He is the same person with AirPods in. Uh, Man, Man United at home uh, have reverted to Man United of old. Uh, at home, are we at home? I haven't even looked. No, they're at home. We're at home on Sunday. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so they have won eight, drawn one, lost one this season. Huh. Yeah, so not not terrible then. No, third third best home record. Yeah. Um, they have got. There's no point going through the squad. The main thing today is Marsh. Uh, look, everyone knows they're full of good players. Bruno Fernandes is a shite bag and I hate him, but he, he's one good and two loves playing us. Casemiro got sent off in the last game, so he's banned for both of the games against us. Unfortunately for us, that means Scott McTominay is going to play and he turns into Zinedine fucking Zidane every time he plays against us. So <laughs> no, because now that we've we've stopped with the width... He's got no giant hole to run through. <laughs> the system. This would have been perfect. So get him back. <laughs> if only to stop McTominay. Uh, by the way, I will say right now that my bet for this game is uh, McTominay anytime. <laughs> I haven't even looked at the odds. Uh, depending on what it is, I may change that to McTominay first or McTominay to get two. <laughs> but that's where I'm going to be going. <laughs> oh, I think God. there's a bit of value in Scum at four to nine, to be honest. <laughs> oh, no, actually, because I've seen it, I've already picked out my bet. Rashford first goal, Scum to win 3 1, 80 to 1. <laughs> All right, I've got mine here. Uh, four plus goals, six plus cards, and nine plus corners. Ten to one. Nine. Now, whether we score any of those four plus goals, I'm not entirely confident, but I think there's goals in this one. 
Yeah. Um, it's, it's so weird because I don't think that we need to go massively into everything about them. They're just a really good squad with a really good coach. I would say the defence isn't particularly infallible, though. Uh, they've got good players there. But if you, I mean, they're playing Luke Shaw at centre back, and although he's doing well, he isn't a centre back. Mm. Um, there is a way to get at them. Rashford's in ridiculous form. Um, well, it's because he's not caring about children. Yeah, that's that is what happened actually. Uh, it's proven fact that um, his uh, his woke elitism was holding him back <laughs> as a footballer. Um, I think Martial's injured again, so it's probably Veghorst, who is a good player. Shouldn't be at Man United, shouldn't be at a club the size of Man United, really, but he'll do them a job the entire way through. Uh, and if we defend set pieces the way that we have been, he's probably going to get on the end of one of them. Uh, assuming Chris Armas takes charge of the game, We'll have Robin Cock back. Do you, other than it going back to Ailing Cock, Verba, Strauk, do you think he'll change anything at the back? Given recent performances, there's definitely an argument to drop Pascal Strauk. Mm. He, he is, he's, he's where he was at the back end of last season. He's, his confidence yeah. is gone. He does seem to have this in him, doesn't he? But if he has a bad run, he has a really bad run. Yeah, I've still I've tried to debate whether for the athleticism you do a straight swap and put Furpo in, or do you shift Berber across and go uh, Cock, Cock and Cooper. Cooper. I think uh, the latter. Uh, as much as it can be a bit of a show pony and stuff, they're probably going to have Anthony on that side, and if he runs at Furpo, it's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's really. The, the one change I'd probably look at making. Um, I mean, there's none of them play particularly well, but would you like, is there anyone else you'd particularly change? Like Sinistera was able to have a couple, couple of good chances. Nonto played all right. Um, I, unless, un again, unless you switch to the, the three man midfield. I would go to a three-man midfield because they're probably going to be four-two-three-one, hmm. and I think you 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 drop Adams a bit deeper and put him on Bruno Fernandez, and then you have McKenny and Rocker in middle, up against probably Fred and McTominay. Like if you go three against their three, I think that's his best chance of do. I mean, I don't think it's going to matter for what it's worth, but I think that's what that's what I would do, and. To do so, you you can take your pick between whether you drop Harrison or Sinistera to do it. Yeah, um, I don't. Again, that's another thing where I don't think it matters that much. No, I think it probably would be Harrison, but it's not based on anything in particular. I just think he's the one that they look at more as as playing centrally. Um. I mean, you could, given a couple of appearances there, have him play deeper. Um, but I think now you've got McKenny there, it just makes sense to have yeah. three actual centre mids play there. 
Yeah, and I want to see McKenny start this game because, like, you I am to, not. Ju- you need to erase the memory of his appearance against Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I'm not going to judge him on that appearance. First, first appearance for the club coming into the game in a bad situation. Hmm. But like, he was shit. I mean he fit right in with getting the ball passing it to the but, other like, team he, he fit he, right in the entire team was though so I'm not judging him for that It was. it's just sometimes that happens um, but I'd like to see him start so we can just because I think that's it, it, we're on about you know if we if we stay up the option is pretty much guaranteed to happen and with the money we're paying for him I want to see him you want to see him playing and see if he's worth it. So I would do that. Obviously, I'd keep Bamford up top. And yeah, Nonto one side, probably Sinistera the other, but you I could, you could, the, you could the, have the Harrison that, off the right. You could also throw Ruta in, in that area. The, the argument would be the defensive side of things for putting Aronson back in. Mm. Um, if you were looking for a bit more defensive work rate on that side, but I'd, I'd if you're going to play a three-man midfield, then you might as well have three out-and-out attacking players up front. Yeah. And, yeah, I know that it's not... The, but there is definitely someone sat there to, you know, drop in and try and counter with a little mm. bit. And I think that's your best shot in this game. You can maybe worry about possessing the ball a little bit more in the home game. But by then, I'm thinking we've got a different manager in it all week. Yeah. Then we'll 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 talk about that then, I suppose. Say so the idea of playing narrowly on a pitch the size of Old Trafford <laughs> seems like a horrendous plan. In fairness, though, do you know what else was a horrendous plan? Playing really wide, because <laughs> <laughs> we saw what uh, happened then as well. <laughs> just medium, medium width. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have on a wide formation set to narrow or a narrow formation set to wide. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I. <laughs> Although, you know, the very funny Leeds United thing to do is to walk in, have this, assist- this assistant who's been here all of about fucking 10 minutes <laughs> take over, do the exact thing that Jesse Marsh would do and end up somehow winning. I think we're going to lose this, and I'm going to say 2-0 to Scum. Oh, you're very optimistic. Uh, I think that the adrenaline some in, in our souls, something, something, Cody Rhodes, <laughs> will... Uh, <laughs> I, I think that like everyone will be well up for it. They always are in situations like this, and I think that we might end up getting to half time, and yeah. then it'll just tell afterwards. But yeah, I'm going 2-0. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say we lose three two because oh you you've got us for a creditable defeat yeah <laughs> it's all what we did at Ellen Road last season that brief five minutes yeah um, <laughs> take a shot it was under someone else only. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we had Joe um, Galhart that as well. Yeah. Uh, I just... It's sort of a weird one, this, because the one thing that does sound like it's true, based on everything that all the journalists have put, is that whatever this is, it's going to be quick. Hmm. So, 
hopefully, I mean, I'm hoping it gets announced tomorrow, even if he isn't in charge for the Wednesday game. But we'll uh, we'll see what happens with it, I suppose. Yeah, I'd, like I say, Corbin seems to make the most sense at this point. But we we've made some interesting appointments under this regime. So who's who's managing Apoel at the moment? Get them in. <laughs> uh. It's Thomas Christensen again. It's Vladan Mijojevic. Get him in. Has he won the league? Get him in. Yeah, um, yeah, Vladan Mijojevic. Yeah. Um, he has... Oh, he's been, he's been everywhere, man. He's been everywhere. Uh, but the, the main key is that uh, as a manager, he has won the Serbian Cup with Kukuriki, the Serbian Super League with Red Star Belgrade. And he was Serbian coach of the year twice. So, you know, he I'd have him bet I'd rather have him in Marsh. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, looking like Corbin, we'll see where we are. Have we any I I don't believe that there is anything else. No. No, cool. Well, uh Luckily, we timed it well because have you seen the uh, the Phil Hay show? We've just had to throw away an episode. <laughs> Back to the studio, lads. They said they were about eighty percent away through editing when it knew when the news broke, and I think that they had a moment of, "Do we put this out?" And then, like, no, just throw it away. We'll do it again. <laughs> do it live. Yeah. So, um, well, Jesse, you seemed like a nice enough guy, even if you did talk a bit like a snake oil salesman. Um, but I, I I wish you well when you inevitably are in charge for the 2026 World Cup. What's that Red Bull club in Brazil? He could go there. Bra- Bragantão, is it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, go there. That's how he warms up and then yeah. gets the Brazil job. <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> Funnel through the middle. It's never easy, is it? No. Even when we have a good start, we still find a way to make it a complete disaster. But hopefully this goes well and we can get out of trouble. So uh, I've been Jack. See you. Casey, have a good one. In a bit.